Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Right, now today's guest, uh, dear, dear friend, Rob Newman. Uh, we, we started pretty much the same time, didn't we? We did start at the same time. And I think one of my, about my third ever gig, I did at the, the Earth Exchange Cabaret in uh, an archway yeah and you and you have to point out this is an amazing gig where it was a vegetarian restaurant <laughs> and they pretty much just gave us food <laughs> yeah, it was, and that it was, was a it was a sweet little it gig. was beautiful run, it was like a co-op from yeah. these hippies um they banned dave kind for singing i'm every woman which i thought was quite a beautiful little thing that he did and then um well why did they ban him for that i don't know you I can't bring that up robin so okay i don't know okay i have no factual details but anyway i was very touched you and Michael Redmond came along and you said, fellow Irish comic genius, and said, oh, we just came along to give you some support. That was very, that was very sweet. I was just sort of doing open spots then. Because I loved you from the off, but like, you, like this is what we're going to talk about mainly, is your journey is just, like, basically you came along and you were probably the best looking comic ever. I know um, you don't want to go down there yourself but you were and uh, you were going what, what are you doing doing comedy you should be doing acting or modelling or something and, but ironically of all the comics that have ever been on the London stage only I never got offered um, any film or tele acting work uh, like the rest of you I got offered one film with Gary Oldman but I turned it down but that was what was that Beethoven right it was, it was uh, with the dog I never saw the film. I right. never saw the film. But that, you know, obviously that would have opened the doors and everything else would have come my way. But, but you yeah, weren't that a, keen on that, though, were you? No, no. But it doesn't stop you being bitter. <laughs> yeah, nothing does for anyone. But, but the weird thing is, like, because when I, uh, like, and I think you, like, you've grown as a person massively. But when you started off, you were very needy, weren't you? So just, just so listeners we, aren't confused, this is Sean Hughes asking, <laughs> describing me as needy. Like all just, comics. Just in case you think that I've been spending a lot of time in Ireland lately. All comics are needy, but <laughs> you know what I mean? Because like you, you weren't like you didn't really know yourself then. Is what I'm saying. What What you mean by needy is I was I was making overtures of friendship to you, and you thought I don't have these emotions uh, <laughs> to, 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 to to give. You know, you're probably right. But what I'm saying is like. Like the Rob Newman I first got to know was doing impressions. Yeah, yeah, I was doing and impressions. That's not you, because you are your own person. <laughs> well, that's about finding your own person yeah. as well. And then other people, if you went, if you went well, as well, the stand-ups are very sniffy about it. Say, so, well, you're just a special act. Yeah, jugglers and impressionists always yeah. go well. So I started doing doing more and more um, stand-up, and then I was running very near to where we are now. Yeah, uh, I was running the Alley Club for for it was uh, a lovely club. That was a very nice yeah. club, and then I, I took it over from Igor Thompson, and I handed it on to Mark Namar, who ran it for a year, and that was really great. But so right, let's go further back then. So tell me why you got into comedy. I was writing jokes for um, a news review at the Canal Cafe Theatre, and I quite fancied the this uh, barmaid there 
and when it was and she was she laughing was at the actors. Gorgeous. Yeah, and, and she and she and then I was she was laughing at, at at sort of jokes that I'd written for them, and so and then there was this sort of smoker that as they called it every sort of few months where the writers got up and do, did a bit and I told them lies like oh I've been doing gigs on the alternative comedy circuit for ages I've never done a gig in my life and then but then it sort of came to it and I did a sort of you know and, I, and then I sort of got away with it and then I started doing open spots and I think you were just always slightly ahead of me you've always been just slightly ahead of me I've always and then um, and then um, and I was just doing open spots and it was one total death and one sort of managing to ad lib your way around the fact you've got no material one total death, and if I'd ever had two total deaths in a row, I would have, I would have given up. I remember coming out of, um, doing some gig in South London, walking over Water Bridge, and thinking, taking great comfort from the amount of people on the streets of London who hadn't witnessed my sorry humiliation and my shame. Just thinking, okay, look, all these people, they weren't at the gig, you know. You only just died in front Needy? of people. Do I need to say more? <laughs> <laughs> but, but so. But also, but needy, but in that, if that's needy, yeah, then one thing, because I, I, I wouldn't give a hoot in hell for, uh, that, that, for those, those, those comics. I, I do, I do, when I do gigs now, and, and um, there's some comics, they're just sort of texting them until they, until they go on, or, I or, or, or I just, the don't, no one gets really uh, agitated that's young like people me. people rather than comics. Well, rather. I mean, if you're really, and I just think, well, but, there, but also I remember when I used to do clubs, there were certain comics who just used to sort of chat and then wander on or be eating a sandwich, and I think, you were I, very serious. Yeah, because you, because yeah. you, because you, because you take it seriously, because you believe in it. But you were too. You, 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 yeah, you practiced. You practiced a but lot, and you we, work We'll a lot. get to this. But the thing is, like, you were being very serious, but then you were going out and doing impressions, and like that's like I'm not, you know, you know <laughs> what I mean. It seems an uh, odd in fact, in that sense of like you're going, you know, really don't leave me alone. And then you're going doing Donald Duck, whatever. <laughs> But and I know you're so much better than that. But like this is where this is what I couldn't understand it because like I loved you from the very beginning. Not necessarily that you know you, your act, but I just loved you as a person, and oh. and you were so serious. And then you were just going out and going, "Why are you doing impressions? You're so much better." Which you've gone on to prove. But like, so, well, I think, well, I th- I think, uh, uh, and it is a skill. Don't get me wrong. And you were great at it. It was, it was yes, and um and um. It's learning to have the confidence to be yourself on stage, and there are certain people, and and at the at the risk of um, listeners thinking that we are in in, in Danny Baker's phrase, weaving daisies into each other's hair and calling ourselves sister, seeing your one night stand. I remember going to sit it. That changed. I you thought oh, I can be. That, yeah. And then I remember just sitting on the Edinburgh Mound and rolling myself down the hill and, and thinking um, that I'd been selling myself short. That you could talk about what you really felt and what you really thought and actually and and, and, and that did change everything you know, changed yeah. a lot a, how, how i how i did did things and i didn't want to tell you that because you've already been insufferable enough and that would just tip you over the edge and now you've sort of just you know We've reined it in enough in. but simon money was saying a really oh, who i who i really love and 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 respect a, a great comedian he was doing mechanic and we were chatting and he said because he, he, I'm doing this thing called the Brain Show, and he's doing this thing about uh, uh, um, Kierkegaard. This, he talks about this one essay that Kierkegaard wrote about comedy, and he, he reads it out, gets no laughs, and he goes through it for the rest of for the next hour. And he says the important thing is not to let yourself be restricted to the bandwidth of sort of what's acceptable, what everyone else is talking about, what you know, 
you know, to allow yourself to be odd and weird if that's what you are and not 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 to to be narrowed down i mean because otherwise you end up in a situation where Stuart Lee put it very well he went to edinburgh and he said just about every act he saw it was as if they were auditioning to become the psychic for a breakfast dj you know yeah. and that's that it's that so that's just fun. and that was it learning to talk from the heart and i felt that i yeah so would you say when you were doing the impressions you were the kind of psychic to the dj that was that moment of your life no i just it was um I enjoyed doing it. It was sort of, um, it was funny. I was learning, I was learning my craft, yeah. And and uh, and uh, and uh, and then I was putting in more and more stand up as as I went along, and it was but sort of. Um, let's come back further as well. So, what did you study and stuff at school? At school, but well, university. At university, so uh, I studied English yet, but I didn't at university. But I didn't do any uh, of the footlight stuff or the right. Cambridge stuff. But I remember thinking, how come? I don't know. I was well. I was I was busy rocking backwards and forwards on antidepressants for for some time. Or I did or I did social work, which I really liked. Did sort of community student community action. And am and I not that, wrong in saying, um, like, you know, because obviously we were kind of ships that meet, you know, blah blah blah. But um, your adoption was quite big for you, wasn't it? You had a big thing with that. I don't know about that. I'm realising just recently how many comics are adopted. Bill Bailey's, I didn't know that. Right. Stuart Lee, uh, I think Rona Cameron was. Um, and um, uh, uh, But I remember that being a big thing for you. Was you, used to, think, you used to bring it up a lot. Did I? Yeah. Did I? Oh, I'm sorry about that. But, no, yeah, no, no, not no, in the slightest. Not so much now. I think I think I tried to trace my mum twice. Once at university and then once in my 30s. And each time it sort of... It, it, it sort of... I know I had a bit of a sort of uh, not mean sort of on my backside for 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 a while afterwards, and then but now I'm I'm all good with that. I think becoming yeah. a parent is is good. That, but also I just sure. but uh, but yeah. do you not remember like it been a, quite a big concern for you back in the day? Uh, did we did we talk about it a lot? Wow. Honestly, yeah. Wow, well, that's nice. you're not aware of that. Because no. it's just part of your personality, like you know that you'd you'd bring it up quite a lot. Oh, no, I remember us doing pitch and putt, and you saying stuff like, and Paul McCartney said, "Don't be shagging me, daughter." And then Morrissey invited me over by saying, "No, there's someone I'm a bit busy. I'm seeing Robert Smith." And then so you know, and that was that was my memory of our conversation. Right. But who won the pitch and putt though? <laughs> Ardlow Hannon. Uh, so, so basically, I'm, what I'm trying to get at is, why did you become a comedian? Cause like, you've, like we will get to the whole point of you've changed totally, but what made you push you into that kind of man alive? What a question! Uh, mm -hmm. Well, I, I enjoy it. I really love it. No, but why? Like you know, there's a kind of there's a sad temperament that makes you want to say, "I will suffer for the rest of my life for this." I don't think it's that suffering. That's much suffering. Oh come on! When you start off, like it's pretty much you saying, "I can do this." When you don't actually know at the time that you can. I see that was the other people doing impressions. See, the first two years really easy. <laughs> it's sort of, uh, you know, a bit of a difficult crowd. Hit them with the top cat. You're sailing. Yeah, but this but, is the whole point <laughs> I'm saying. Is like you were, like, like not anything against impressions, but you were. I knew you wanted to do better things. Yeah, but why did what what, what leads you into stand up then? I pretty much when I was about fourteen saw Richard Pryor on telly and just mm -hmm. went, mm -hmm. this man talks the talk. Yeah, yeah, I'd yeah. love to be able to do that. And I wasn't able to do that, even maybe now, still can't. But um, mm -hmm. that's that was my kind of push. Well, well, Richard Pryor was the other thing. That was the first time I realised you could... Sort of around about 2000, I started, after I'd written a, a, um, 
couple of books, and again, you were you led the way into that. Was the um, you give me sandwich cream? Uh, he, he, uh, he, he, I just realised you, you could just write the show you wanted rather than lots of stand ups. They just have a gag here, a gag here, and they sort of link them together so it sort of looks like it's it, it's got an organic coherence, but it doesn't. And it was sort of realising Richard Pryor. He just thinks I'm going to tell you about what happened when I set myself on fire or when I went to yeah. Africa. And I have confidence in my wit that jokes will accrue. I'm not going to, and, and I'm just, and, and so it's really good. So when they do happen, because they've come out of the very marrow of what he's talking about, it's just richer. And, and I think that's the difference between the, that's, that's yeah. the cats and the, the sheep. Isn't, that, the isn't it bizarre? Because like, like Richard Pryor, like you, like mm. me, we're mm. quite lonely people. And yet we're going, I'm going to say stuff that is every man. <laughs> and it's it's a weird thing because we're uh, going, well, you're probably not. You know, you're actually probably a bit odd. But it's learning not to be every man. I mean, I think Richard Pryor was, was being every yeah, man. Or, or... The very fact that people can relate to what you said meant he was every man. He's, like, he's kind of, he's punts. Like, you know, he pretty much said, I think everyone thinks like this. And he right. was right. Yeah. And that's what we do. I don't I like, know. I like that side. Uh, well, I like this. Yes, you you can connect it to to to, to things. Um, uh, jo- Josie Lung does this wonderful uh, thing about families. I can't, I, I'm not going to quote it because I can't do it right. But you think that's surely that was only me that felt that. But then you, everyone in the room exactly, is laughing, yeah. so, they, so they so they must. But that's what I mean. Like you know, it's weirdly we're we're kind of slightly. Out of society, and yet we're kind of going, "Hey, society, this is how we think." But Harry Hill said a really great thing about how instead he of, never said a great. He did. He had, no, he's, he's a fine comedian, you know. He's a fine I'm comedian, joking. and and he, he talks about instead of looking on the outside at the weirdness of the post office queue, I'll put myself in that post office queue, being part of that that oddness and that madness, and I and I um um uh and and that was with. Your man Michael Redman, what was so great about him yeah. was that is that he was like sort of Tony Hancock, like this sort of this sort of person not not understanding so, things. Who are your favourites? Like Bridget Christie said, she said you're like Stan Laurel or Harold Lloyd, but with better gags. And that was the best thing anyone ever said. And I said, Bridget, I'm going to have that buried alongside me when I'm when I'm dead because that's that you want to be like um, talking about clever clog stuff. You could look a bit arsy, you know, and bit on your high horse, but because you've got a persona of a sort of a, an idiot who's yeah. misunderstanding everything that gets you that gets you uh, yeah, out of no, stuff. That's a very good point, actually, because um, weirdly, with comics, even though we're arrogant and egotists, but we do want to let people know that we're idiotic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's an odd thing. It's yeah. it's, it's kind of uh, it's kind of a different kind of strands of it, like yeah, that sense. Because yeah. we're we're never thinking, hey, we're great. We're just going, hey. We are the failures, but I'd like you to come along with me <laughs> and realise that this is uh, what it's about. Like, you know, I, I've never, you know, it's that thing of I've, I've never kind of uh, gone, I'm going to say this thing that I'm really great. It's always like, I'm going to let you know mm-hmm. where I've mm-hmm. fucked up. Tolerance, loneliness. Yeah. Tolerance, loneliness. Yes, yeah. Yeah. But it's nice to be. I'm, I'm enjoying more, but and as you, that's the thing you learn as you get. Uh, I sometimes think, God, I'm on a bill, and everyone's younger than me, and everything like this. But I think, well, I've, I have learned a few things as I've gone along, and then one is the persona, sort of coming along. I remember when you did not sa- fake 
persona, though. No, no, no. You find that Tony Allen says you find your inner clown sort of yeah. thing. And um, when you were on uh, Saturday Night Live, you said um, you were keen to do stuff to show that you were a funny person rather than a person saying funny things. Yeah. So that so you did a lot more your can I call it the clowning end of your of your stuff? Well, that, that's the weird thing. Like at the moment, I'm doing the Railway Children, mm-hmm. and um, so we're playing to an audience of like infants and old people. And they do this amazing thing, right? Before the show starts, there's a preamble where all the cast goes out as themselves and just talks to the people. Oh, I can do that. I'm not, I don't, I don't, I'm not, uh, ooh, ooh, Rob, I can't do honestly, that. Honestly, it, it's amazing. You really? just get to know the audience a little bit. And uh, and it's that thing of, I'm finding my inner clown again now because right. of playing to the kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it's beautiful. Well, you asked me who I admire, and apart from people I've just mentioned, like, like Bridget Christie and, and Joe Long, I think are magnificent, but John Hegley, and one of the reasons what makes the truly great comics is the ones who can perform for children. Yeah. And I've never really done it, but, like, the buzz of sort of making my five-year-old laugh is very is very big and sort of, or, or you know, and but he, he was, it, for, I think for two decades, him and Otis kind of did these yeah. Lord of Dale lunchtime things, but the fact that you could be funny... Properly funny to to kids. I mean, that's. I mean, Chaplin could do that. And, yeah. But that's the mark of a of a. Well, of, we had a, a, a we had John on comic. this podcast, and one of my proudest moments is uh, I got a tweet from someone just saying, "I've never heard of him before. I am a big fan now." Oh, wow. And it's just like the fact that someone, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. hadn't and like the thing about life in general. Getting off totally the subject is uh, when you discover something new. Yeah. It's just amazing. Yeah. No matter what age you are. What are you discovering at the minute? Um, I kind of, well, as I say, children, again, in that sense of how they kind of pretty much tell you what's what. That's been beautiful in that sense. And, and, and a lot of your comedy was that you'd kept, you know, you know a sort of, uh, 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 you'd, re- you'd remembered better than the rest of us what it was like to be 14 still yeah. and stuff like that. I always quote I your know. line about... Um, uh, uh, for, forgive me for quoting now because you're probably still doing it because you're not as prolific as the rest <laughs> of us. But um, about the fourteen-year-olds who make the best spies because yeah. you can't get anything out of them. Where are you going? Out. I know, but <laughs> who are you going to be with? But it, it is that weird thing of like uh, I kind of uh, I always like the last three shows. Of mine I pretty much jumped back into my childhood. Yeah, for all that, and um, and that's why like with you, like again, tell me to stop, but. Um, with the adoption, did you feel like really kind of uh, weirded out? Well, it's a weird thing. Is it is no? It's, it's interesting. I don't think either Bill Stewart or me have ever really talked talk about it on stage. But I think it's there in the sort of uh, things do seem sort of comic in a way because they they're one way, but they could be another way. So nothing seems. Um, Inevitable or given that it help, informs your politics as well because you think, yeah. well, this system is set up like this, but it could be set up like that. Are you voting as uh, uh Probably yourself. Do you get a vote? Yeah. yeah. Do you mean do I get a vote? What? How, long, how long have you been here? But you get a vote when you live in England, don't you? My, my wife doesn't. She's Bulgarian. Yeah, but then you can't trust a Bulgarian. She don't get no vote. We're all left, aren't we? Uh, yeah. So who would you be voting for? Uh, I, well, I, I'm in the Green Party, but I might in my I've got a very good local candidate. I don't want to say who that was because because of no, uh, uh, no, no, because uh, I uh, give away where I live, which uh, and so not that many people listen to this, Ralph. Uh, 
<laughs> only takes one or two. But uh, uh, so uh, yeah, I'd lo- I'd always vote Green, but um, they're not going to get in. Do you mean Finnegale or <laughs> no? Don't take into <laughs> Irish politics. But um, so I. Can you still I'm, vote in Dutch? Can you still vote in? in no, in I can't, can't actually because but, because you've lived here. How long can you carry on voting in Ireland when you're here? I've no idea, but I've no interest. Right. But it's um, I I would vote Green if they had a chance of getting in, but they don't. So uh, Lib Dems have got a five thousand uh, majority in my area, and I think you a Labour vote might okay. help. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, isn't it weird that like, you get if everyone votes for? They did the blind test of it, not letting people know which party it was, but when they just did it on policies, yeah. Um, uh, the um, and you were UKIP, yeah. And it, yeah, no, no. And it was the Greens got scored the highest. Just to get rid of your misses. <laughs> Greens, Greens scored that scored the highest, and uh, of when it was a blind test of policies. Uh, so everyone, so if, if people voted for what they wanted, the Greens would be but, in power. But there was a really good poster in um, uh, some art school students that was the Green Party poster. It said, our Pratt is better than your Pratt. <laughs> but did you, what did you make of the Greens' uh, kind of sing-song kind of I, ad that they did? I haven't got to tell you, I haven't seen it. I, I, well, they pretty much like did it as a boy band saying their their view was like all the others are kind of just mm-hmm. the same. Mm-hmm. But I just went, that's like it's funny, but I'm just going, you're not really helping yourselves here, aren't you? No. Because because basically what you were saying about this is going back to a point where you said the Greens policies you'd all vote for, mm-hmm. but they just went, we're not going to tell you any of our policies. Right, right, right. And I just thought that was a bit odd, really. Yeah, and no one's mentioning climate change in in any. It's just not sort of been been at the at the forefront of anything. But why is it? Do you think that most comics are left wing? I'm not. I don't think they are at all. At all. I think that's changed. Isn't I that? stand in the corner of the clubs, feeling like Christopher Isherwood in the film Cabaret in the beer garden when all the Germans get up and sing "Tomorrow Belongs to Me," and then. Michael York says you still think you can Their stop. Their day them. will come. Yeah, I mean, I just think it's just terrifying. They're all right wing. They're all and they're all sort of. It's, it's appalling what you hear. The amount of anti-gypsy stuff. The amount of incredible sexist stuff. It's just. It's just. It's just. It's appalling. So where In fact, the almost happen? all the famous ones are really right wing, and uh, and with and you know and in fact you're only, you're only pretty much, you know. In this this. We grew up in the 70s, which was, you know, very... Uh, it was a time of gr- in- highest social mobility ever. Um, people like Simon Munro, who's a, whose dad's a plumber in Watford, you know, he sort of is at, at Cambridge, and me going to Cambridge on a full grant and everything like that. And um, and now, just about everybody in... in everyone on Question Time, millionaire, it's got a full range of millionaire opinions, everyone on, you know, who gets to have their own opinion anywhere, it's sort of just... It's just different... It's a spectrum of millionaire opinion, so you can have some sort of centre right millionaires or some right wing millionaires, yeah, and that's but, it. Like when we started off, we mm. were all doing it for the good of society, weren't we? <laughs> <laughs> no, don't laugh, that is true. We wanted to try and make some sort of change and make still, still, still do, but I don't know. I think I wanted to. Oh, I, I just want to make people laugh. Oh, I don't, I don't oh, laugh. I, I, I just laugh. I don't care. <laughs> I just. Yeah, no, I mean, we know, were all kind of we Molly were, Corbett impression because funny like, song at the end. Go on. The big difference was when we were doing it was um, there was 
we just we didn't see it as I'm a way to TV. It, yeah, we yeah. all are. But you know, when we started off. But now, if someone starts off, they're going, yeah, I'll do this for a bit, and then I'll get my own TV show. We didn't think like that. Oh, I think I was always hoping for a TV show, but I, but I didn't think... I, I still thought I'd carry on doing stand-up. See, we're going to get to this in the second part of the show, so I'm, I'm cagely avoiding certain subjects at the moment. But, um, but like, it was, like, just this general thing of, oh, my God, I can have a voice. That's and still they the joy. Don't, they don't have that now. That's still, that's still the... The it is one of the last bastions of free speech um, at stand up, you know, and and um, uh, and it is there's something sacred and precious and rare about um, being in a room live with those people, and it's 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 sort it's of beautiful. A, it's a beautiful. It is really beautiful, uh, yeah. And um, uh, uh, um, uh, a friend of mine who's an actress. I just I just sort of uh, I just really wanted she didn't. She didn't, she didn't come once, and I was just at this benefit at the comedy store. And I thought, oh God, I wish she'd been there. It was just, it was just, it was just sort of magic. And I, she, because, um, and I sort of didn't talk to her for about a year afterwards because I thought, oh, she's missed this. She'll never know, sort of. And it wasn't. It was Daniel Kitson was on, and he was, are. and he was comparing, and it was just, it was just sort of magic. And I thought, I bet theatres, it's very rare that it's ever as good as this. You know, it was really no, good. There's, there's definitely something more real about uh, proper comedy. Do you like Kitson? Oh, I love him, man. Yeah, yeah, he's fantastic, isn't he? So, do you get to see much comedy now? Though? Uh, I, I, I can't. I, I, no, I mean, I, I just sort of. Um, no, I, I, in fact, never. I do mean, you never. I just keep I, an interest in it, though. A little bit. When I do, I at Lolitics, I'm doing new material. Or if I'm doing in a benefit and, and I watch, you know, watch someone else, but I'm really out of touch with, with. Um, Everything going on. Do you go out at all? Almost never, no. Except to do gigs, yeah. I think I've been out since my daughter's born. I've been out about three times, yeah. So yeah. is that kind of... Um, so is that just, like, personality or just... Because, like, I, I find, like... Because I want to <laughs> get to the journey. But, um, so it's that thing of... Um, you kind of came to fatherhood quite late, didn't you? Yes. Yes, I did, yeah. And I remember you telling me you just you met your wife in a cafe and you started chatting to her. Yeah, yeah I said that. I said my I asked her where she was from. She said Bulgarian. I said that my one phrase is Bulgarian. Please help me. I'm so lonely. And then uh, and it was um, seven years ago. And um, yeah, I think she would have expected to have problems, but the fact that it was one of my first ever long term relationships might not have been one of the problems of going out with a man of my advanced years, but. Um, what age are you now? Uh, I'm almost. I'm pushing. I'm pushing thirty-five You're now. Pushing so, thirty-five yeah. upwards, yeah. <laughs> You do look thirty-five, but Thank you're not. No. But so is that thing of um, and have you taken to fatherhood then? It's a great joy. It's a great joy. Best thing I ever. Yin did. and yang. When you say yin and yang, what do you mean? As in pluses and bonuses and minuses and. You wouldn't want to be doing anything else, you know. Well, I've done the other thing <laughs> i've just been alone yeah <laughs> i mean i love my i mean i love i get these two hours when i wake up in the morning from about six until eight and i and i just read and i have the house to myself and it's quiet before the girls wake up and that's heaven but your then, five-year-old doesn't wake up too late yeah she, she's like a teenager <laughs> yeah. have you put her on the track <laughs> yeah, goes to bed very late i'm a <laughs> 
so um, so that's your me time then, yeah? Yeah. And is that when you say you read, do you also think about stuff? I don't think I do until, but then if someone interrupts me, I get really cross because I think, oh, I must have, so I must have been thinking about stuff. But that, that and washing up is when I do me, is when I do my, do my thinking, not for washing what it up. is. Yeah, I was, as Homer Simpson says, I want to be left alone with my thought. But did, so, right? Did you wash up this morning? Yeah. What did you think about? Uh, I thought of uh, you telling me uh, that I, you, I said I should be doing this, and I should be on this by now, and I should be this, and you said you just haven't earned it yet, baby. And I thought that was quite. It was it was, that, it was, that, it was that the late '80s, yeah. It was it was quite. Um, you were very ambitious when you were young. Yeah, and I think it was quite good just to sort of think because I think everyone now they do. My manager says you, the younger they do you do just like I was then. They do they do two gigs that go quite well. I think well I should be doing the O2 uh-huh. Arena now, and it was quite it was quite good to to say um, you just haven't earned it yet, baby. But it is that weird thing of uh, because I guess we were just like you know. Alternative comedy was starting to happen, and we came out of the back line of that. Yeah. But we still have the same philosophy as those guys. Yeah, but then it wasn't so easy, and you couldn't just say oat cakes and Thatcher and get a laugh. You know, you had to, we had to, have, we, we had to get up jokes and yeah. things. Well, we were, the, like, we were the kind of young bucks, because everyone else was really <laughs> old, and they despised us, didn't they? <laughs> so, what are these? Oh, I thought it was just me, but yeah, they did, yeah, yeah. because, and, and also because we were a bit more showbiz. But I, sh- think. I wouldn't say show. No, but, but no, but a bit more. Perf- we performed a bit. They were yeah. they stood there like geography teachers saying stuff. Yeah. And we would sort of, I know, going, hey. be, be, be a bit sillier, going, yeah, yeah hey. Yeah, which is, but no, because like, what was the first uh, comedy gig you actually went to? Oh, that's a very interesting question. Yes, I went to. Um, well, I used to sort of go and study them all. I used to go. And, I remember sort of going to see, sort of uh, Steve Murray, who did this teddy bear act, and. Uh, now, this is when you were thinking of doing it yourself? I think it was when I just first started. I remember going to the to the railway club and seeing... Was, I just remember going to going to the Punchline Comedy Club and Simon Bly was on, and he did a ro- lovely act. And then afterwards, he sort of... And he had a Hawaiian shirt and cut-offs, and he, and, he, and he put on some glasses, and he got on a bike, and he cycled off, and I thought, that is so cool. I want to be that guy. I thought that was really good. He'd done this, and now he's going to And that's when off. you started doing professional cycling. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember the first time as well, I'm just getting paid, I don't know what gig I'd done, but getting, I think, a guilty pee or something, and getting three pounds, because it was a half spot, and just thinking, well, this money, I just remember, it came from comedy. It wasn't from, you know, doing, like, painting or making something or working, you know, in a warehouse, I'd done yeah. all those things, and I thought, "Wow, this was just stuff I made up and said, and someone's given me money, coin of the realm." This this goes back to like it, beyond comedy that the pure joy of simple things, yeah, yeah. which always makes me happiest. You know, like beyond anything, like not huge things make me happy, just tiny little things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's what I like about that's one of the few standards who doesn't have um, uh, um, uh, multimedia. You're not doing all that, are you? The VDU screens and all that on stage with you, or, yeah. or are you know. Although I've gone, if we're I about this, operate, I would. I've gone prop crazy. I've got I've got big props for the for this new for the brain show. I've got an MRI hat that measure uh, where points in the show that uh, uh, gives a sort of light, real-time uh, register of my. Brain activity, of sort of my neural activity during during the show. Yeah, you've lost me. Okay, <laughs> we'll finish this one now. Let's start part two of the brain show. 
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.